0: Hello. Hello, Jess, and hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of 361 Lifeline, part of the 361 Recovery Show, where we're hoping to give you mental health tips for the troubled times that we live in. Today's episode is episode two, and it's called The Impossible Task. I'm Alice Smith, and I'm joined by Jess Hawkes, and hello. we're going to be talking. Hi, Jess. <laughs> We're going to be talking about the impossible task and sharing some music and guess what? A little bit of poetry at the end. We're also trying out a new function because we're brand new. We've sent some of you um, an actual uh, a link to tell us what you think of us, but we're slightly nervous about that, um, but we'll see how that goes. So welcome, Jess. Hi, Alice. Hi, I really want to leave a kind of gap after I've spoken to you because, uh, as we all knew, the teething problems, I was cringing because it sounded like I just talked over you the whole time in the last episode.
1: <laughs> I think some of that's more to do with like a slight lag, though, because there are also points where there were gaps in the conversation where there definitely weren't gaps when we were talking. Yes,
0: well, the lag seems to go with the general malaise of the moment, doesn't it, I suppose? But Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to hand it over to you, this first section, because we uh, just decided on the theme of the impossible task, and um, uh, she's going to share with you um, what she's interested in in that area.
1: Okay, hi, guys. As Alice mentioned, um, this episode, we're looking at the idea of the impossible task, not this is something that popped up on my Facebook feed in a meme, of all places, but it is something that isn't necessarily discussed that openly when talking about mental health. And one of the things that happens, especially like when I'm on a decline and several of my friends have a decline, is there are certain tasks that just become impossible. You don't necessarily know why they become impossible. They just are. Um, for me at the moment, it's been tidying my room and um, that's been a consistent issue if you ask my parents, so they'll probably find that hilarious. But, you know, other times it can be things like getting my library books back in on time. I don't know why, because it's a, almost a form of self-sabotage in that case. Um, other examples have included, you know, doing grown-up things like having to speak to any form of banker, I guess, because you know I've got my own insecurities there uh in uni it was you know projects themselves but um yeah the, the impossible task is something that even if it's small so it can be like making breakfast or as we discussed in the last recording getting out of bed for some reason it's just impossible uh we'd also like to know if any of you guys have faced impossible tasks or have any ongoing impossible tasks at the moment which I think is a good one Alice have you had any well, what haven't I had over the last five years? Um,
0: I, my life has been impossible at times. I'm really interested in this, that you've brought this up, and I, I'd like to share my impossible task of buying milk. Now, when I was really ill with PTSD, I spiraled down into having eventually no job, no mental health, um, and no house from having it all, in inverted commas. And uh, as it was all sliding away from me, I just couldn't buy milk. And strangely, strangely enough, I I met someone who'd been in a mental hospital um, who was a fellow artist. And and I felt strangely better because she said that, yeah, when she was really ill, she couldn't do the smallest of thing buy milk. So um, I went out to buy milk. One, I think this must have been the peak of my mental decline. I went out to buy milk and I bought a rocking chair. (laughs) <laughs> and it's a good job I can laugh about it now and uh, I came back realised I hadn't got the milk uh, tried to get the rocking chair up the stairs and um, it got stuck, so my mental health being what it was, I, I climbed over the rocking chair and like went to bed for several days
1: Yeah, that, that sounds like a perfect example of uh, an impossible task like, um obviously we can laugh about these things coming out of it but you know during going through it it's it's quite scary because you know even simple things like um, normally for me eating is one you know just sitting down to face a meal can just seem like this huge and scary thing and you know you don't always know why as well like some of them have obvious things I don't like speaking to bankers because I don't feel adult enough to be having conversations about finance and money or, you know, I am was scared about uni because it's that constant fear of failure and just not being good enough. So, you know, there's an element of self-sabotage. But other ones, like with The Room, I don't know why I've got such a mental block on it, but it, it just feels mammoth almost.
0: I think um, it's a, this is a great topic you've brought up and you've been so honest as well about those things. And that honesty is what people really love to hear because we spend a lot of our time hiding all those things. You know, I certainly didn't tell mm-hmm. anyone about the milk or the rocking chair. Um, and um, I mean, the, the other one that I wanted to share is, um, in this section was uh, I at that point as well I used to find it really hard to get out of bed and I used to like look at my don't judge me here I used to look at my foot out of the duvet and like imagining it touching the ground I hope this isn't just me and, and I just couldn't get it to touch the ground it was a very dark time no but it, I don't know if that resonates
1: yeah that does like you imagine yourself getting out of bed like I tend to do that I imagine what my first cup of coffee tastes like um, as I discussed in the last one, like now I just force myself out of bed. I give myself a 10 to 20 minute leeway. But it's like, right, stop imagining, go get the coffee, even if it feels horrific. But yeah, no, that is perfectly like logical. I can imagine my room tidy. Does it make it tidy? No. You know, does it mean it's easy to start? No. It, it, it's impossible, you know
0: that's that's really really honest and appreciate you sharing that um we're gonna we're gonna cut to a little bit of music now and then we're gonna come back talk a little bit more about impossible tasks but obviously you know that we're going to give you some tips as well of how we you know how I managed to unwedge the rocking chair and go and buy milk now things like that you know that we're going to make you feel so much better and even if we don't at least you can be sitting there thinking at least I was never as crazy as Alice I never went out for milk and bought a rocking chair and you'll feel better that way so the first track is um one that I've chosen don't laugh now but it's called um my mistake by Gabrielle Applin and I've chosen this because it celebrates the loser you know, and she says, "I'm a loser," and and uh, yeah, I'm a loser. I feel like a loser, and I've come to believe that this is a great thing to be. And what what do I mean by that? Well, I've learned so much through losing it all. So, here's the track. My mistake. Hello, and welcome back to episode two of Three Six One Lifeline. Um, I'm Alice Smith, and we have the amazingly clever Jess Hawkes with us.
1: Thank you, Alice. That was very kind of you.
0: (laughs) She paid me to say that, you know. And uh, we're talking about the impossible task, things that we found impossible, so um, before the music, uh, Jess was really honestly sharing lots of different ways of, of actually, you know, this feeling of overwhelm. Um, and before we we just give you some tips, just going to turn it back over to Jess uh, to talk a little bit more
1: about that. Um, yeah, overwhelming is definitely a very good word for it. Um, like obviously when you're in a dark place, if you have hit rock bottom at any point, everything is overwhelming anyway because you're in a very dark place and you're not well so you're not necessarily seeing the kind of end goal you just see the task in front you don't see that once you've tidied your room you know you've got a nice space to sit in and it's not going to be as chaotic or you know if you eat you'll have the strength to get up tomorrow and maybe do a bit more and that nutrition is important and but it can in the moment like especially when you lose everything or lose your sense of everything it can just feel like every task so even brushing teeth like you know just goes out the window because you know for me at my darkest point it was because everything seemed pretty pointless like unfortunately part of my depression has been things like suicidal ideation and you know the darker things about it I'm healthy now but you know when you can't imagine a future beyond the day you're in it's very difficult to kind of justify the energy expenditure I suppose.
0: Yeah I that moment that time that I was laughing at earlier you know as a defense mechanism I felt suicidal as well and as I've as i'm 5 years into my recovery i've thought about how recovery is all about perspective and that i didn't have i mean my life might not really be that much different now for all i know to an outsider but my perspective's completely different about why i want to put my you know foot on the ground why i want to get up um and and so i think i think the perspective there is is really important and it's so uh, it's hard to get isn't it don't you think it's hard to get perspective
1: when you've lost it Oh, majorly. Um, you know, it took me two years of being completely off the rails to finally hit a point where I was like, enough. You know, I'm going to put this down. I'm actually going to start doing something constructive. Because, you know, it, depending on like your reason for being there, like normally you've got self esteem issues mixed in with, you know, horrible thought patterns, invasive thought patterns you know it's normally a very negative view that you have to fight your way out of and it is a fight like recovery isn't just wham bam and you're done you know it takes years of finding the right people to discuss your stories with it takes you know finding people that are actively supportive like you know my housemate and my landlady have been amazing for it because you know they only want the best of me okay I haven't always wanted to hear what they've had to say but you know it's only been in best interest sort of thing
0: you're spot on there you're spot on there about recovery and one of the hardest things for me in my recovery was to realize that it never ends and I you know I I jumped on to life coaches and and different various people who who for me it's always been about if they looked as if they were together then um I could learn from them I've still got a little bit of that that I need to get rid of so I thought oh you know recovery will reach an end point but you know like my sobriety I get to three years and then it's every single day after that, you know, and I w- every single day is the same for me in one way. Now this is for my addict self, this sounds boring, but for my grounded self, that's my, that's what I need to have every day, more or less the same. But what you were saying about recovery, it is really difficult. And anybody who says it isn't, you know, is, is kind of lying. Don't you think? Oh,
1: majorly. Like, um, you know, Crazy self definitely was in some ways a lot more carefree because she didn't care whatsoever. Grounded self, you know. I've got goals, some goals, I don't have any major ones. Like, I want to go for my first boxing fight. For me, it was sports that majorly helped change my perspective because it was the first forum where I was allowed to have off days and fail and the people around me weren't just shouting at me and going how could you do that it's stupid you know they were sport they were people that came from sporting backgrounds so it was like okay so you didn't lift it this time try again the next time you know and it's like a very good way of putting down the whole like going through the motions of building a habit like said that for me helped but you know it it's not as fun as you know going off on a bender but the result of the bender is usually damaged self-esteem and it's you know very important to remember that it's there's a reason we're fighting like because it is a fight every day sometimes as well like there's a reason you're fighting to get out of bed there's a reason you're fighting to create it, so that you're taking steps you know towards things that you want long term
0: yeah definitely I love what you've said about building a habit that's what it is that's what sobriety is building a habit and that's what recovery is uh, recovery is possible if, if you're listening out there i mean if i can if i can recover i was i was i can't even describe how i was uh, if i if i can recover then i know that it's possible for anyone but in in all honesty i really miss my old self and um this seems to be like the equivalent of farting in a picnic to uh, say this in a bunch of self-help people which I did the other day uh we're not allowed to say that we miss that old carefree self but I actually do miss her um she's not coming back but um yeah I still miss her but recovery is possible yeah, um definitely. so yeah I mean don't you agree hope
1: you yeah, do no I completely agree that recovery is possible you know um, you kind of have to come to the own realization that you need it but it's majorly possible
0: yeah now that is another story isn't it so we're going to break there for a second um, track and then after that we are as promised going to give you some mental health tips for the impossible task facing it we've both faced hundreds just like you listeners and um, you know they're all there we're going to try and help as much as we can. So this second track is uh, one I've chosen. It's called Revelation by Troy Silvan, And I, I, I've chosen this because, oh, I love it. And uh, it's it, it says that you're a wrecking ball. And that was the title of my first show um, that I toured. And uh, wrecking ball to me, it actually uh, described how I was in my life. Every time something was beautiful or I actually secretly liked it or wanted it, I used to wreck it like a wrecking ball. Um, And I think that's a good description of of how it can be um, when you're you're not quite uh, in recovery mode. So here it is, Revelation. Hello and welcome back to part three of the impossible task 361 lifeline our second episode I'm Alice Smith and we're talking to Jess hi and uh, hi Jess Jess we we've talked a lot about impossible tasks and recovery and now we're going to flip it um the for our listeners how can we achieve impossible
1: tasks can we achieve them um we we can achieve them um a lot of it you know is mostly linked to anxiety and it's that whole perceived threat being bigger than actual threat so you know your perception on the task needs to change so for me it's um for example with the banking thing I bank with co-op because I can go in and speak to someone I'm not forced to be on the phone trying to figure it out for myself and the staff there have always been really friendly and made me feel really safe so like might be a major switch for some people but sometimes having someone else there to guide you through things helps you know um in terms of things like cleaning I give myself like again with the getting out of bed 10 minutes an hour and I go what can I get done in that and you know 10 minutes of your time if you're writing the start of an essay if you're writing a conclusion if you're you know, simply doing your recycling 10 minutes, it, it's not a major amount of time to throw away. So, even if the end result isn't what you want, you know, you've only taken 10 minutes. So, you can try a different 10 minutes or you can try a different hour. It's not a whole day. So, it doesn't feel like a slog. Um,
0: that sounds like a great idea. I mean, I mean, I this morning I did a jog and uh, I thought I'll I'll try this because you told me a bit about it. So I was like, go to that tree, then walk a little bit, then jog to that tree and walk a little bit. And it struck me as as a similar kind of thing because I thought I can't jog this far and I did bits. But what have you got any advice for me? Because I had this critic voice all the time saying, "Why can't you do the whole lot? Why can't you jog? Why can't you jog as well as you did?" Ten years ago, why are you overweight? Why are you old? Um, I hope it wasn't me. It isn't just me that that has this voice that's helping me make
1: uh, it all impossible. No, you're not. You're definitely not the only one that is classic overachieving and definitely the anxious voice. You know, hammering on a button there. Um, so, how can we how can we uh, work with that voice? Um, working with the voice is kind of hard. I it took me, you know, therapy to go to be able to have like an emotional dialogue with myself because it's something I've always struggled with, but being able to recognize invasive thoughts because that would be an invasive thought because it's unhelpful. And what you do is when the voice pops up, you go, this thought is not constructive. I am going to throw it away. And it's hard. It's hard to get into that practice of like first off recognizing it and then just being able to put it down But, you know, if you wouldn't speak to your friend that way, don't speak to yourself that way. It's like earlier when you said that you're a loser. You know, you're amazing. And... Oh,
0: yes. But I like to play with that, you see, because I've always, you know, I've always loved to challenge in my performances. And so I would I would say, you know, if I was still performing, I would go out and say I'm a loser because I like I like people to just be like, no, you're not. No, you're not. And I used to have this thing, ugly girls win and people go, you're not ugly. And and I always like to say things to get people to to, almost without thinking, just go, oh, because then they start to think, don't they? Because then I said, oh, well, it's because I've lost everything and losing everything I learned. So, yeah, it was kind of a bit of a trick. Um, That's the kind of uh, trick you need to to apply to your
1: invasive thoughts. That's a very good trick, like challenge them.
0: Yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, this voice that I did have with the jogging and everything, is this is this sort of, is this the twin of the impossible task then for people? Is that why they're not getting out of bed at, at the base because this voice is saying like, well, there's no point and things like that?
1: Probably. Um, you know, that voice is usually an amalgamation of your own insecurities, the, you know, toxic behaviours other people have shown you, like there are various reasons as to why people have that internal monologue like it literally depends on like the relationships you have with people and everything so yeah like literally just starting with the basics of being able to recognize it is a huge thing like and it was a huge thing for me because I'm not always very good at recognizing like this is a thought that isn't helpful or this isn't a normal behavior like normal's very loose term like I wouldn't describe myself as normal but you know being able to go this thought is not constructive you know and then try and shift your thought elsewhere so with the jogging and the stopping and the jogging that's normally how people build up distance you know when I was doing long distance running I didn't start doing 15 miles every weekend it started with three miles and those three miles were broken down into run until I had to stop walk run until I had to stop walk and then you know try and get the next run so it was less stopping but even then if I had to you know you can't just force your body into doing something ridiculous like it's going to hurt more long run and you're you're building a habit
0: and it's hard to do so it sounds like we could transfer that then are you saying to our daily our daily day definitely
1: so you know say you're struggling with getting out of bed because that is going to be a main one for a lot of people right now bed is where we feel safe you know sleep is the ultimate null and void you know start with just sitting up start with trying to build a ritual my ritual at the moment is get up get out of the bed make the coffee make the bed because if the bed is made i can't get back into bed you know have oh you speak wise words
0: jess you do. You break it down and you're being very honest. And I know people are going to really, really get something out of this because it it's just takes a bit of courage to, you know, to, to, to be that honest. And then and then it gets a connection. Other people say, oh, wow, it isn't just me. But do you think you could introduce
1: your first track for um, us? Sure. So my first track is Shooter, De- Shooter Jennings. Um, All of this could have been yours. It's originally something from Sons of Anarchy, but it's something I really, really like. Um, you know it's kind of looking at how leaving damaging relationships like you you can build yourself again and even though you've got to accept some of the damage that goes with them you know you, you still like the whole point is you turn into this beautiful person or a different person so I like that aspect of it and it's just beautiful fantastic here it is
0: Hi everybody, I'm Luke and I currently run the Wallflower Express which involves doing open mic nights and we currently have um, a show on Instagram Live which helps with mental health. So impossible tasks. Something I find difficult is cleaning. It's very boring and anxiety provoking because you can get your hands dirty and it feels gross. So to help me get through this, I break it up bit by bit. Some days I'll do laundry. Some days I'll do hoovering. And whilst I'm doing this, I distract myself by either listening to music or thinking of creative ideas. And lastly, I will reward myself after usually by watching my favourite TV episode or making a snack. I hope this helps. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to the last part of episode two, The Impossible Task. I feel it's going well, don't don't you, Jess? I feel that it's possible. (laughs) So we've talked a lot about the impossible task. we tried to give you some mental health tips and we've bared our soul. I've called myself a loser. What more do you want? So, well, there is a little bit more. Um, We're going to do some poetry you to finish off we did promise that last episode but it you know it was a fake promise and we're we're used to those um if you switch on the tv aren't we at the moment so we're both going to do a little bit of poetry for you so jess is going first tell us what yeah, you're gonna thank do you, jess. Alice.
1: so this poem is one that i read out at the last for four-hour express that i did my delivery of it was awful because i was coming down with flu at the time but um it's called best dressed self it one that I wrote when I was having a really bad anxiety day and you know it's kind of how aspects of me deal with the impossible task or when like I'm highly anxious in public so I thought it was quite relevant so here it is um this is called best dressed self I put on my people suit a full face too because you can't cry with liquid eyeliner as sharp as mine and I go out and face the world my mascara perfect and unsmudged i stand in spite of myself my shoulders as broad as my stance square and unmoving, despite the fact that my lungs are caving in i put on a headscarf i'll rosy river to my way out of this black wall day this brick wall black wall can't get over it or under it day i put on my headscarf so that my unwashed hair gets complimented anyway Wow.
0: That is amazing. Hopefully you, you lot can send us a voice message of what you think of that or get in touch with us because that was fab. And you mentioned Wallflower Express. Wallflower Express are doing a really good Instagram live um, thing called Watering for Wallflowers. Uh, and I've watched the first two. They're on a Tuesday and Saturday um, was it Saturday? Yesterday? No. Fr- oh, God. You know, this is because the days are all one. Sorry. Tuesday and Friday, 630. And it's half an hour. And it's um, it's uh, poetry and mental health tips. So if you like this, you'll like that. And, and just I may have got the days wrong. So head over to Warfare Express on Instagram to find out. But that that was great. Jess, thanks for that. Um, I'm going to do a poem called Over the Edge, which I dug out. Because it's got the line, impossibilities will be or something. And uh, it's from the second show I did called Alice in the Wilderness. And I want you to picture this, Jess. I've got like, I've, I've stripped off. I've stuck my head in a bowl of water from being a drag queen. I've got this gold dress on. And quite frankly, I needed underwear underneath and didn't have it. And I sat straddled on a chair. The photographer started shooting pictures. Oh God, I don't even want to go there. From down below. And uh, despite all of that, it's kind of a crazy poem about being what I call over the edge. You know, have you got that image in your mind? I think it's wonderful. (laughs) You may have to bleach your eyes afterwards. (laughs) Okay, here it is. Over the edge is a foreign country. Sanity crumbles under my feet and down I go, taking this beat out of me breath by breath. Over the edge I free fall. No more standing tall on truths. The lying rocks trip my lips and I slip over the edge of rhyme and reason. Time and seasons are against me now, but here they don't seem to matter somehow. And frowning as I'm clowning around won't help. Over the edge of sure-footed sanity, I'm a profanity of a girl. Time uncurls my mind blindly over the edge. I find nothing, see nothing, feel nothing. I can't catch my breath at all. This free fall to what will become of me, a downfall to insanity, an upgrade to somewhere I don't know, an unkind kindness I don't owe to anyone but myself. Over the edge, my spirit dives over my nine lives, skating over self-hating. How many thoughts does it take to kill our spirits soaked in spirits? Set fire to it and throw it over the edge of conformity. The track ends here. This signpost marks out our fear. Too fast a year. Don't take your foot off. Backpeddling isn't for those flying over the edge. We are dying to fast forward down sledge. flash back to that frozen forefront where our frontiers were imprinted. Our parents' eyes hinted at it. Their view was clouded, but so is ours. Tread on the flowers of immortality growing on the edge, slowing the clock because rabbit head shock disables us, fur-coated, sugar-floated, love-boated, fables of success. Less over the edge, but more. We confess it's in our pores, this smell. We're going to hell, while they watch us burn. It's our turn to learn that we are the chosen few. It's not those up there with the view of our diminishing returns. Over the edge, the truth burns like a glowing ember. As we fall, we remember where we were, but not where we wanted to be. We see in multicolors sprayed and spent. Over the edge, we are unrepented citizens of the world. We keep falling, hands up, calling out, unstoppable. Dusted with past words, imploded on our skin, cannonball fired, unhired, our voices crack, our mouths dry with lack of water-soaked lover's backchat. Unrequited and unwasted, with untasted honey words of love on our salty tongues. Over the edge, it's a shelf with my selves shoved upon. I shoved my unloved not jumping, being pushed, rushed into an airbrushed past. Over the edge, it lasts, this feeling of what if. I'm covered in it, splattered, madhatted in the colours of my future. I'm sprayed with possibility, the impossibilities will be. Don't catch me.
1: Let me fall. That's it. I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Like, that is definitely how it feels to be um, helter-skeltering your way out of normal, for sure.
0: Oh, God, yeah, this over-the-edge idea of of just, you know, like in a cartoon when they used to run that
1: bit before they realised that they'd run off the cliff. Yep, like, that is definitely relatable. <laughs> well, um.
0: Everybody, I hope you enjoyed our episode two, And we're hoping that you might send us some uh, voice clips of, as Jess said, um, what did we want, Jess, on those voice Um, clips?
1: Let's go for, we want examples of your impossible task and maybe tips on how you face them.
0: Yes, that would be really great. And uh, as we go along, maybe, you know, you can send us the voice things and we can work out how to put them into the show and uh, different questions for us because obviously we want to get better every time. But for now, um, I'm really glad that you you joined in and listened to us, everyone, whoever you are. And uh, do you have any final words, Jess, for those people facing those impossible minutes and hours?
1: Well, right now, you know, You're probably going through trauma responses. A lot of people will be because that's what happens when, you know, something like the current situation where we're all locked in our house is. But, you know, try and remember this is not going to be forever. You know, get out of the bed, find something that motivates you, even if it's trivial, like hugging your cat. You know, it might seem trivial now, but it won't be long term.
0: Cat hugs, yeah. yes. Let's all go and hug our cats if we've got them. Thank you so much, Jess, for joining us. Thank you us. so much for having me. And uh I think I'm hoping that this is going to be a regular uh, me and Jess. I've got to send her chocolate, I think, to make to seal the deal. Um so and we're going to be doing the podcast, as I say, I hope, with Jess's approval, um, twice a week on was it Tuesday, the Jess, um, because all the days are running into one another. I know, know another. what you
1: mean. Um, yeah, Tuesdays and Sundays is the aim, the... I believe.
0: Yeah, sorry, everyone. You know what it's like. Every day's the same. So we were going to try for Tuesday and Sunday at six pm, um, and you can. We had a few problems last time with people. Uh, listening to it on Spotify so I think you can listen to it on Spotify without the music or if you if you really want the music you have to go onto the Anchor app which is really easy to download if you want to hear the tracks as well just for copyright um, so we hope you'll join us then and we hope you'll also give uh, a little look to Warflower Express uh, six thirty on Tuesday and Friday which is also as I say mental health and they'll be plugging mm-hmm. us as well so um thank you Jess thank you everyone for listening we'll see you soon oh another track to finish Ooh. Jess sorry what's your yeah, final, final track?
1: track so the final track would be The Have Nots Louisville Slugger um, it's about a friend looking in on someone else's abusive relationship and this is very much how I feel about a lot of my friends if they're ever in trouble all they got to do is phone you know and I'll be there in any way, shape, or form. Probably without a Louisville Slugger. I believe it's you know not something you can obtain in the UK. But it, it's a good song. It's a good narrative. Thanks. Here it is. Bye, Bye for
0: now, now everyone.